This is episode 144, When Your Past is Haunting Your Present with Rachel. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for everyone who has rated the show or written a review. I want to start off the show by acknowledging a recent reviewer. I love reading reviews on the air. And this is from Carolyn, who was actually, she wrote in the review, a student of mine when I was on the faculty at the University of Santa Monica. And she wrote, I had the pleasure of working with Christine as a student at USM, and she coached me personally through many life-challenging moments. She's truly gifted at what she does, and I love listening to our podcast as I always gain nuggets from her coaching calls that I wouldn't think pertain to me. Her intuitive guidance combined with her compassionate directness is inspiring and uplifting. Thank you so much, Carolyn. And if you want to rate or review the show, just go to iTunes. A review takes, you know, however long it takes you to write something, but a rating is simple. You just click on the number of stars. I also want to thank our sponsor for this week, Daily Harvest. During the summer, the last thing I want to do is spend time cooking, especially because I'm traveling so much. I'd rather be outside doing things. Isn't that what summer's for? But when your summer to-do list is all about barbecues and going out, it's kind of hard to eat well. That's why I love Daily Harvest. It's a subscription service that makes healthy eating easy and requires basically no effort. Daily Harvest delivers perfectly portioned cups of frozen organic fruits and veggies directly to your door. It all stays fresh in the freezer until you're ready to eat and just takes one step to prepare. All you have to do is add water or your favorite milk, mine is almond, to the cup and blend, heat, or soak. It's that easy. It's a perfect thing to have on hand for those days you don't have time to cook. Smoothies are an easy way to guarantee a healthy breakfast or snack or to cool you down when it's way too hot. I really love the soups. They're a great, great dinner when I've had you know a full day and I want to eat something, but I don't want to eat something heavy. I just heat up the soup and five minutes, I have a delicious meal. I also love their iced lattes. It's a perfect way to cool down as well. And with three separate servings per order, they cost less than coffee shop drinks. So Daily Harvest is a great option to fall back on, but I realize it's becoming my first choice usually. And I love that everything fits in my freezer so that with all the traveling I'm doing, I don't have to worry about my fresh fruits and vegetables going bad. So go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code over it to get three cups free in your first box. That's promo code over it for three free daily harvest cups, daily-harvest.com. Again, daily-harvest.com promo code over it. So I want to start off the show by acknowledging the news of the suicides of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain last week. I think it caught a lot of us by surprise. When someone takes their own life, lots of questions arise. You know, why? Did anyone know? Did they ask for help? Is there something that we could have done? And suicide doesn't make sense, especially when someone's life looks so good on the outside. You know, you never really know what's happening on the inside. And so many people suffer in silence, feel alone, feel helpless, and feel like there's no one to reach out to and no way to escape the darkness they feel. I did a little research and suicide rates have increased in nearly every state in the U.S. in 2016 with rates rising more than 30% in half of the states. And that was 2016, so they've probably gone up since then. And there's one suicide death every 11.9 minutes and one attempt every 29 seconds. 
Now, I'm not trying to depress you with these statistics. They just remind me of how important it is to pay attention to mental health and undo the stigmas. That's why I'm so, so grateful for the show. So grateful for the show and so grateful for people who come on and are vulnerable and cry and bring the darkness onto the air so other people can hear that they're not alone. And, and you'll hear that in our caller today. It's a, it's a very emotional call. She reveals a lot. And I know that it helped her just to feel heard and that she didn't have to suffer alone. You know, there's still shame around depression and anxiety and so many suffer in silence rather than reach out for help. And in our super connected tech world, we're missing human connection and intimacy. So I encourage you to reach out to someone today, connect with a person you love. If you need help, ask for it. If, if you don't need help, offer it. As someone who dealt with depression for nearly 20 years, I can say there is a way out of the darkness but I did not do it alone. I had to remove the shame and I had to reach out. I had to stop pretending I was okay on the outside when I was suffering deeply on the inside. So if you're suffering, please don't suffer in silence or give up. There's help available. You're not alone. People care about you and want to support you. There are also resources like the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's a 24-7 free and confidential resource. The number is 1-800-273-TALK. That's 8255. And I'll link that up in the show notes as well. So now on to my coaching call with Rachel, whose husband cheated on her, but they've moved through it and she's forgiven him and they've grown closer, yet she can't stop thinking about it. This is one of those calls where a lot came up and it was more about planting seeds and encouraging Rachel to get professional help than attempting to solve her problem. So as you're listening to this call, consider, is there something from your past that you feel you've forgiven and gotten over, but you still continue to think about it? Are there things from your past that you've not really dealt with, so they're haunting your present? Have you ever cheated or been cheated on? Has someone or perhaps several people that you love died or abandoned you in some way, so now you fear loss so much it impacts your willingness to truly open your heart to love? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Rachel. Rachel, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, uh, thank you. My question is about well, last spring, I found out that my husband had cheated on me um, multiple times in a short span of time right after we had our first little girl four years prior. I always kind of had some suspicions of something, but I didn't really actually believe that anything had happened, but we had kind of hit a point of disconnection. And since then, our relationship has grown and become really amazing, even better in a lot of ways than it had been before. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not worried about what he may or may not do in the future. It was just sort of like a rough patch for both of us. um, And that was just sort of like the result of it. But my issue now is that I, I still think about it pretty much daily. And I sort of have a tendency to sort of like brush it to the side. Mm -hmm. And I, I just don't really know, like, I kind of want to, like you say, get over it and on with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I've, I've forgiven him and we've had, you know, a lot of talks about it. And I, you know, I don't like that that's the path that we went down, but I recognize, you know, both of our responsibilities in it. But I just would like to not think about it on a daily basis still. I've known for over a year now. 
Yeah. And so you've known for over a year and how long ago was the cheating? Um, well now it was five years ago. Okay. And so it came forward when you guys were repairing the marriage. But you um, always had a actually, well, yeah, um, we had been treating each other differently, um, and not taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. And then we also, we just had a baby and he was traveling for work and it was, the result was not very unique as far as like someone who travels, what, you know, a spouse traveling for work, but he had some, he was in the entertainment industry before and, um, had a friend that he traveled with the most that was constantly encouraging him to do it. Mm-hmm. And then a girl who was constantly coming after him. And so eventually he just, you know, gave in. And at that time I was highly critical uh, verbally of him. Mm-hmm. And um, I know it's not like my fault or anything like mm-hmm. that. I don't take blame for what he did, but I, I do feel really guilty for the part that I played, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it sounds like maybe you've forgiven him, but you haven't forgiven yourself. And you yeah. continue to torture yourself on a daily basis by thinking about it. Yeah. I just, I think that's probably what it is. I just don't know how to um, let that part of it go, I guess. Which part? The part where you feel like you did something wrong? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I still like, a lot of times wish that it didn't happen, even though because it happened, we worked through a lot of things that we w- probably would have continued to sweep under the rug sure. and we're so much better off for it. I just, there's a part of me that's like, that just wishes that that's not the way that we had learned the lesson. Um, okay. So let's, let's talk to that part. Let's put the whole, it made our bar- marriage better thing aside. Because you mm-hmm. don't actually believe that 100% because otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation and you wouldn't be so upset. Mm-hmm. So the part of you that wishes it wouldn't have happened means that you're making it mean something that's continuing to cause your suffering. Now, I understand that someone you love, someone you love, someone you're married to, someone you're trusted, sleeping with someone else is incredibly devastating. I have, I have tremendous compassion for that. So I'm not mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form minimizing it, but what happened has happened and you've chosen to stay in mm-hmm. the marriage. So, mm-hmm. but you're not really fully in the marriage because you're continuing to be in the past. So we've mm-hmm. got to look at your judgments and what you made this whole thing mean about him, about marriage, about you, so that you can finally once and for all forgive yourself. Because eventually it's going to come down to a choice of you're going to like choose to let your mind go to this place that causes all this upset or which eventually will erode your marriage because you can't Mm -hmm. be fully present in it. And there's still a part of you that doesn't trust. There's still a part of you that judges yourself. There's still a part of you that is making you wrong or his him wrong. And so even though it's Mm -hmm. good now, it's, it's, it's eventually long-term, it isn't healthy for the marriage. So mm-hmm. there's going to become a day and a time when you're like, you make a, a very conscious decision that requires some discipline of the mind to not allow yourself to go backwards. So let's, let's unpack what you've made this mean. 
What did you make his affair, the cheating, mean about you, about him, about marriage? That we got it wrong because it was actually like if someone would have asked me what my absolute worst nightmare could have been for our marriage, it would have been this. Okay. And why? Why do you have such a button towards cheating? I'm not really sure. I think even though I asked him, so I know it's not true, I feel like it means that he didn't love me or our daughter Mm -hmm. um, during that time. Mm -hmm. Because I I just, like, I I used to, um, if I didn't hear from him while he was on the road after a while, I didn't automatically assume that I knew he was doing something wrong, but I would automatically assume that he had forgotten about me. Okay. So this, where does that come from? Uh, we just recently took a trip together uh, for the first time um, since before our daughter was born, mm-hmm. our first daughter. And it was really, um, it couldn't have been more perfect, but we drove down a street where he had crashed his car because he fell asleep at the wheel mm-hmm. back in college. And it kind of hit me uh, right then for the first time that maybe when he did that and almost died, that I became a lot more clingy. Uh-huh. My my mom died when I was 20. Okay. And then my uncle died a couple of years after that. And a, a close friend and, and my grandma. And I think every time someone passed away, instead of being grateful for them having been in my life at all, I just got more and more scared yeah. that I was going to lose someone else and him in particular, because, you know, we're married. And I think I don't, I'm, I think it came out as clinginess that right. wasn't there before. So all this kind of comes back to a, a massive fear of loss that's preventing you from really enjoying the love in your life. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is you're not really taking into account his curriculum. For whatever reason, he had to go out and do the affair, do the cheating to learn his lessons. Like mm-hmm. there's two of you in this dance. The car crash was part of his soul journey. The cheating was part of his soul journey. He has his curriculum too. That mm-hmm. probably you know, eventually made him realize how much he loves you and wants to be with you and doesn't want to cheat. You know, because we always look at the cheater as the bad guy or girl. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's almost worse when you're the one that was doing the cheating because of the tremendous self-guilt that you feel. So Mm -hmm. there's, there's his end of it too, but there's a comfort zone you have with being sad and scared. Mm -hmm. It's a familiar place for you to reside. And it's almost like you'd rather stay there than really go into the gratitude for your life because you're afraid that you'll lose something again. Yeah. And yes, yes, it's important to be grateful for, people's role in our life. And it's also important to grieve. So how did you grieve all those losses? Did your mom die suddenly? Was she sick? She had cancer for the third or fourth time and just didn't make it the last time. Um, Mm -hmm. But I know for um, with her, I was in complete denial. I'm 34. So it's been 14 years. And um, my aunt tried to tell me this when I was in college that I didn't 
really allow myself time to grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to school and um, I went I went on an exchange program and I just, you know, I had two, my younger brothers, um, I felt like I needed to, um, worry about them more than myself because I got to have her longer Mm -hmm. than they did. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was your relationship like with her before she got sick? Um, she was one of my best friends. I could pretty much tell her anything. And my parents were divorced. And once they, once they got divorced, it, I think after the initial hardship of that, our relationship got better because as I got older and I'm still learning about, you know, now that I have kids, but I felt like I, I could tell her things that like I couldn't tell my dad and mm-hmm. we were really close. Okay. So it's really actually not healthy for mothers and daughters to be best friends. Mm-hmm. Why do you think I say that? Um, there's probably a bit of a conflict there, um, because, well, it blurs, it blurs the roles and it can lead to enmeshment and a little bit of codependence. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think part of, cause as I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm also just listening to, to your voice and I understand there's upset and there's sadness coming up, but there's also like a shakiness. There's almost mm-hmm. like a not really feeling grounded and connected to yourself. And which is why all this fear about losing others comes up. And oftentimes when we're a little too close to a parent and become their support partner and almost become their surrogate spouse, which I'm concerned you did a little bit, especially since your parents got divorced, there's Mm -hmm. almost a, a lack of a, a sense of self so actually what you were doing when you were 20, traveling around and kind of distancing yourself was unconsciously you trying to balance it out a little bit, but now you judge yourself for mm-hmm. that. But that was sort of you trying to find your own identity. You trying to have a little bit of separation because it probably was a little bit too close. And then mm-hmm. on top of knowing on some level she might die, there was probably a, a bit of denial based on a survival mechanism happening. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like when little kids close their eyes and plug their ears and think you can't see or hear them. (laughs) They're just like, no, 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 no. It's sometimes we do that when we are aware of something, but don't want to be aware of it. Yeah. I was definitely in denial throughout the entire process. Uh, even when hospice came, Mm -hmm. um, Mm-hmm. They actually, someone came and, and we all were in the room and kind of everyone was going around the room saying, you know, what our favorite thing was about her. And I I had to leave the room. What would you have and said? I, I mean, I, so hold on. So let's just get back to that moment. And now you have an opportunity for a do-over. And she can still hear you. So take a deep breath. What do you want to say? Um, I think what I would say, what I would have said then probably be a little different. Uh, But now I would say that I love her and um, I'm not sure if this is in the right context, but I really wish that she could have been at the wedding and 
met her granddaughters and mm-hmm. uh-huh. well she was she was there just in spirit but I want you to go back to that moment when you were 19 or 20 or however old you were and connect to that 20 year old and speak from that place mm-hmm. what would you have said that I always loved and appreciated how calm she always was um whenever she interacted with us when when she you know her and my dad fought a lot but when she would interact with us it was she was always a calm presence for all three of us and it's comforting anything else I'm not sure I just I didn't want her to go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of course so Rachel there's a there's a lot here and it's all connected and there's a there's a little bit like I said earlier of this um kind of groove you've fallen into with your emotions and your thoughts that keeps you in Mm. sadness and in fear. And it's very common to have a hard time getting out of those dips when we had a bit of an amestra codependent relationship with a parent, because on some level it makes, it's almost like they take care of our emotions a little too much when we're growing up. So we have a hard time navigating mm-hmm. them on our own. Mm-hmm. Is this making sense to you so far? Yeah. I I had a feeling the conversation would go in a different direction than what I was expecting. And that's what's happening. Yeah, I just didn't know that, it, you know, I didn't have a clue where it was going to go. So really my primary intention in this, as I don't have hours with you, is to help yeah. you make sense of this current trigger that you're feeling right now and give you some ways to work mm-hmm. with it so that you can really mm-hmm. be um, a really empowered mom and a really present wife. So okay. being a mom is a hard job. Like it's super hard and it's so <laughs> challenging to find that balance between being compassionate and soothing your children and allowing them to feel their feelings and navigate through them and not giving them the answer. You know, I think most mothers listening would agree that that's a really hard balance, but it's an important mm-hmm. one. I And I have thought about this before, and it's one of those things where you don't realize it until you're a parent yourself, but she would do things like work two jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she put her effort into helping the family financially. But lo- looking back on it, before she did that, she was also my um, Girl Scout leader, mm-hmm. and we did a lot of baking and cooking together and stuff. And maybe somewhere along the way, that started to disappear as she sort of felt like she needed to contribute more financially. Because by the time we got, by the time I was in high school, um, she wasn't, she didn't come to hardly any of my basketball games. Um, mm-hmm. And she ended up moving out of state for a little while after my parents got divorced and we would see her on most weekends. But, um, we ended up all choosing to live with my dad when they got divorced because we saw it as her not spending time with us, whereas he was, and we didn't understand. Right. So there's, have you been in therapy? No. Okay. 
So there's, there's so many different things that you're bringing up and I can't dive into all of them. And it's time that you work with somebody on this because you have a lot of story. You have a lot of story. Mm -hmm. And from all the story and all the things that that have happened, you have a lot of beliefs and all Mm -hmm. of that is getting in the way of really being able to be in the present because you're getting triggered a lot. So Mm -hmm. to put it in a nutshell, as you, when you were littler, dad was kind of emotionally distant. You and your mom were probably a little too close, a little too enmeshed. Um, because she probably felt guilty about the way dad was treating you and the other kids. She probably, like you said, was a soft place to land sometimes maybe mm-hmm. a little t- too big of a runway, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then that shifted. And this person that was like the closest person then became distant. So the, then the fear of loss and even abandonment started and then she died and then the uncle died and then somebody else died and then your husband almost died. So you've got this Mm -hmm. fear of loss that continues being bumped up against. So Mm -hmm. in a way it's like, you don't trust life because you don't know when the other shoe is going to drop. Yeah. I project that onto my girls all the time. Okay. So that's something I'm, I'm, Hold on, please don't Over go. I'm going to try to have you not go into hopeless, hopeless, sad right now. I'm going to try to mm-hmm. pull you up a little bit because if you keep going into the, the sadness that has a little bit of an air of victim to it, it's going to continue mm-hmm. to reinforce that comfort zone for you. Okay. And you can look at, you know, basically if I were you, what I would, the viewpoint I would take would be, I want to be a great mom. I want to be a great wife. I'm not exactly sure how I've got some stuff in my past. I need to clean up and I'm committed to getting help. And this podcast is a first step. Okay. And I would find a therapist or a coach. I'd find, I think about coming. It's not until March of next year, but my signature retreat that's going to happen in spring. That would be amazing for you. Find, you need, you need some help. You need some help to sort all this out, to unpack all of this, to help you really uncover the belief systems and start to feel your feelings with compassion rather than self-pity and self-judgment. Because what's happening is you're just release, recycling the feelings. Have you read Expectation Hangover? I have not. Okay. That would be a good next step. Get that book, okay. work through the exercises. Don't skip over it. Okay. Because what I really hear and what I want to affirm in you is that you're incredibly strong. And I don't mean that in the sense of brushing things under the rug. So you said you wanted to get over it and on with it. You can't skip over it. You can't jump over it. You're going to have to go into Mm -hmm. it to get over it. Mm -hmm. So you're on with it right now is not to just, you know, pack the past away but it's to start to unpack it and start to process it because you're just reliving it every day in your present. Okay. Is this making sense to you? Yeah. I, I knew that I listened to your podcast all the time. So I knew that you're going to pull something up from my past. I just didn't know what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's, there's quite a bit there and we all have that, mm-hmm. you know, we all have different, I'm still uncovering things and, and it's not that we want to spend our life unpacking the past, but when 
something's coming up in our present that isn't in alignment and we can't shift out of it just with gratitude or thinking something different, then usually Mm -hmm. the reason we can't shift is because there's something old that wants to come up and be cleared. Okay. And a big part of this is, and if you listen to the show, you're not going to be surprised I'm saying this. A big part of this is looking at how you mother yourself Mm -hmm. because you don't want to love yourself through your children because then you're going to recreate that enmeshment pattern. You want them to really see a woman who loves herself, who's empowered, who's grateful, who can forgive herself as Mm -hmm. well as forgiving others. Okay. So how do you feel in this moment? Um, I feel like I have some work to do, but I, I'm good with that. I, cause that's what I want. I want to move through it in a, in whatever way that I need to, mm-hmm. because I knew there was something still there. Not, not that, you know, just a snap of a finger and okay, I'm over it. Right. But I felt like there was something dragging me down. Um, yeah. cause I, you know, we had had all these talks and we've done a lot of work with each other to better our relationship, but yet there was something still nagging at me and I, um, I didn't. Right. Yeah. 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 This, yeah. this isn't about him, right? You keep kind of looping cause you think it's about the cheating, but it's really just old patterns of being too close and then that person going away and then coming back. And then, you know, cause it was like your mom and you were too, were so close. And then she went away physically and started to work more. And then, you know, she started to get sick. And so you went, came back and started to feel again, but then distanced yourself again. Then the pattern repeats with your husband. You were super close and then he almost dies mm-hmm. and you almost lost him, but then he came back and you're close again, but then he cheats and he leaves again. Do you see what I mean? It's like this in and out, back and forth that just has your amygdala part of your brain yeah. just kind of like going, when's the, when is my next loss? Okay. So just honor your journey, honor where you are in your daily life, a meditation practice, a spiritual practice, deep breaths, getting yourself back into the present moment. Mm-hmm. That was then. This is now I trust myself. I trust life. I trust my husband. And then you also commit to Mm -hmm. getting some help around this. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. So that's your over it and on with it plan. I really acknowledge Rachel for her willingness to be open and vulnerable with me. This was really the first time she reached out for any professional help. And so it was very brave of her to let the tears flow and begin to explore things with me. You probably picked up in her coaching question that although she's forgiven her husband and can see that his cheating actually has made her stronger and their relationship stronger, she still wasn't over it. As we progressed through the call and I heard how much loss she's endured, it made it clear to me she was looping on the cheating thing, but really what it was bumping up against was all the other times she felt the loss of love either through death, divorce of her parents, or even her mom going from being super present in her life to working more and not being as available. There was also a lot of emotion coming up that did not match where she is in her life. What I mean by that is today in the present, she says she's happy with her husband and her family life, yet the tears kept coming and coming and coming. This is what I mean by our past haunting our present. 
All her unprocessed, unacknowledged emotion was coming up. And this, my friends, is what leads to depression. That is why where this call ended up going is encouraging her to start a journey with a therapist or coach. I truly believe we are our own guru. And I also believe in the value of professional guides to help us with our growth and healing so we can find our own inner resources. Also, regarding her husband's cheating, eventually she's going to have to choose to let it go. I almost wonder if she's hanging on to it because some part of her thinks that by holding on to it, she'll prevent it from happening in the future. You heard her say she got very clingy, and usually when there's cheating, the person that's been cheated on does blame themselves a bit or at least wonder what they did wrong. Rachel and any of you who've been cheated on did nothing wrong, and she doesn't need to keep thinking about it to remind herself not to be clingy or more watchful of him. And she's got to 100% accept that it happened. There is a part of her that wished it didn't, and that part is causing the suffering. Even though she says she's choosing to be in the marriage, she's really not because she's in the past, and that's going to end up sabotaging her marriage. What I hope she does is choose to let it go, accept that it happened. They both learned, and it's over. To focus on the present, heal the past, and create the future she truly desires. I encourage you to think about anything you're thinking about so much and really find the payoff to thinking about it so much then choose to get that payoff in a different, more supportive way. For example, if you keep thinking about some mistake you made instead of beating yourself up over and over again, how about thinking about how you're going to apply the lessons you learned to a future event? Think about some goal or experience that lights you up instead. Choose to let it go so you can enjoy your present and create your future rather than relive your past. Not allowing ourselves to go backwards requires conscious discipline. We cannot just feel our feelings and forget if we have to be committed to shifting our thoughts about it too. And the final thing I want to talk about before takeaways is the comfort zone a lot of us have with being sad and scared. Rachel was stuck in this zone a bit. And a big reason why is due to the loss she's experienced. She'd rather stay there than really go into the gratitude for her life because she's afraid she would lose something again. Bottom line, she doesn't trust life and then projects that onto her girls, which she admitted to, maybe even her husband. So I really worked with her, especially towards the end of the call, to pull her out of the sadness victim comfort zone. I suggested to her to really acknowledge herself and commit to getting help because she's ready for tools to unpack and free herself from her past. Honestly, that's the best gift she can give herself, her husband, and her daughters. So some takeaways for you. If there's something you're stuck on, do some journaling about it and use the sentence starter, this reminds me of, you said a lot, this reminds me of, this reminds me of, and I felt like this before. Write that over and over and over again and see what memories come up. Remember, the reason we can't shift is because there's something old that wants to be cleared. Second, if you have a lot of emotion coming up that you're having a hard time managing, get some help. There's always a way. Please don't let money be the reason you don't get help. There are resources out there. Find a way. Next, Expectation Hangover is a great book if you are feeling triggered, if you can't get over something, if you don't know what to do with your emotions. It's the holistic way to deal with any kind of disappointment. I teach you how to really shift it and heal it on the emotional, mental, behavioral, and spiritual level. The book is out there. Also, my personal mastery course is going to be available in a couple months to everyone. So that will help as well. And if you are in sadness or victim zone, please bring more fun and pleasure to your life. Make a choice to get out of it. Don't sit around in the sadness comfort zone for too long because it'll just get more and more comfortable and it'll be harder and harder to get out. You'll keep slipping and sinking into that beanbag chair of sadness and victimhood. Find some way to pull yourself forward. Find some fun. Find some pleasure. All right, everybody, that's the show for this week. Until next week, sending you much love and many blessings. 
Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 